belong, become, believe. You're listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. The message for February 19th, 2023 is called Godsplaining. The teacher is John Ray and the location is Clapp Auditorium, Mount Sequoia in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Welcome if you're watching online here in person. My name is John Ray. It's going to be an interesting day today. today. We already said we have a few people sick and my computer has decided to die. Um, So I'm going to be doing most of this from memory, if not all of it. I have just a little bit left here. Uh, We'll see. So just flying by the seat of our pants here today. It's great. So um, I could get up here and define what mansplaining is to each of you, but I think that would kind of feed into the to the trope of the whole thing. So instead of doing that, I'm gonna give you an illustration of it I came across, it was was brilliant. There's a young uh, theologian and she was uh, teaching at a place, but it was before she got up to do her lecture and she got into a conversation with an an older gentleman in in the hallway and they started talking about the subject on which she was about to present. And he began to explain to her the finer points of the subject and at the end, uh, recommended, highly recommended that she read such and such an author in order to bring her level of understanding on the subject up, not knowing that he was referring her to the books she had written herself with that. And um, it, it's, it's wild to me to be someone who is tasked often with the job of explaining God Think about the utter hubris that could be involved with the creation describing or defining the creator. With the product trying to define the manufacturer. Like, it, honestly, and I, and I say this in all sincerity, there are times where I feel like I should not be talking. I should just not talk. But we do need to, all of us, myself included, understand it's not just readily apparent to us who God is, how God demonstrates, how God acts, how God interacts is something that all of us need to devote ourselves because we're clouded. We see, we, it's confusing. It's complex at times. It takes effort and intention to do that. So please, as I I lead us through this this morning, the last thing I want to be doing is, is trying to explain God when God is perfectly capable of explaining God's self with a way. And in fact, God does explain God's self. God sends Jesus. Because I think what what we inevitably find in our own human existence, what we've seen throughout history, is that words aren't enough. The, The dreams that we get aren't enough. The theology isn't enough. Even the practice, the best intended practice is not enough. We need something more. And God knows this. And so God sends Jesus. And we come to this passage that we have this week 
called the Transfiguration, and this is Transfiguration Sunday. And we see this, this incredible scene. It starts off, it says, six days later. Well, six days after what? Well, right immediately before this passage is the, the interaction where Jesus starts to tell his disciples what's going to happen when he gets to Jerusalem. That it's not going to be this coming in and taking over. It's not going to be this coming in with force and violence and taking over things. Instead, he must suffer and die. And of course, Peter's perfectly human reaction to that is what? Well, he says, I'll go with you, but what's he going to say? He says, no, exactly. He says, uh-uh, Jesus, ain't nobody going to take you out while Peter's around. Like, they're going to have to come through Pete before they get to you. <laughs> and, and we have this forceful denunciation of that imagination of violence that Jesus responds to, even calling, going so far as calling it satanic. Well, six days after this, Peter, James, John are up on the mountain. And I don't know if they were praying or picnicking. I don't know if they're just out picking berries or if they were taking a nap. But all of a sudden, the three disciples look up, and, and Jesus is a glow. Like I said, the word is, is, we use transfigured. The Greek is metamorphosed. We get metamorphosed, right? Is changed. And not only is he changed, but he's there with someone. Moses and Elijah, these are, these are the pillars of Jewish thought. These are the two central figures defining, in a way, other than Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, what it means to be a Jew. And there Jesus is in the middle of them talking. And, of course, Peter, again, willing to jump out. You know, hey, let me make you a shelter. It's good for, yeah, well, hold on, we'll get some lunch. And, and then I don't know how it happened. Honestly, this is, this is one of the most trippy um, scenes in the whole, say for Revelation, just stop, leave Revelation alone. Everything in the New Testament except Revelation, this is, this is definitely like a trippy scene that happens. Um, I think the, the writers struggle, and we struggle with our imagination to fully comprehend what happens. But then all of a sudden, the voice from heaven, and I love how God talks over Peter. He, he doesn't wait for Peter to finish. He doesn't say, um, Peter, excuse me. He just says, he just starts, God just starts talking. Peter has to be quiet. This is my son, right? We hear, the, we hear the affirmation that we first heard in the baptism. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him, right? It's just affirmation from heaven. And then all of a sudden it's whoop, back to normal. Like, I don't know if they went to sleep and woke up. I don't know what happened. We don't. But, but all of a sudden it's back. And I think about this. As in, in like many like many stories, this works on a, on a number of levels, right? Like for us theologically, this is this is incredibly important in establishing Jesus as not only combining the law represented by Moses and the prophets represented by Elijah, not only like being the one that unifies us, but the one that transcends it. Is there conferring with him that Jesus? When we talk about this a lot at Grace about how Jesus rewrites scripture, how so often Jesus says, you've heard it said, but I say unto you. And here what we see is this kind of physical manifestation or spiritual manifestation of that truth. 
that Jesus is being established as both the fulfiller but also above the law and the prophets, that something new is coming in with this. The old is passing away. The new is coming in. So it works on that level. But it works on deeper levels as well. And uh, and one of those levels that I, that I look at is particular for us as a church. For us as a church as a whole, and for us as a church made up of individual members. Being made up of Ann's and Joe's and Ryan's and Katie's. Like, this, what does this say to us as a church? And, and I think what it says is that as Grace Church, we're on a journey. The, the church that the Bells joined in 2008 is a very different church than we are now, right? And I dare say that the church 15 years from now is going to be different as well. And there's going to be some individuals who are there from the start and see it all the way through to the end. There are some people who have just joined us on this journey. There are going to be some people that drop in and drop out. But the church itself is going to continue on this journey. And the church is following Jesus. And this is where it gets interesting. Is that So the Jesus that we're following here is both the totally human Jesus. The Jesus who started off as an embryo and had to go through gestation and had to be born. Who had to be fed by his mother and have his diaper changed by his mother. Who had to submit to every limitation of physicality that you have to relate to. Who had to sleep. Who got tired. Who got frustrated. Who got confused. Who got overwhelmed. This this human Jesus, who ultimately died the death, being crushed under the wheel of an oppressive governmental, religious, cultural system. What more human experience is there in the world than feeling futile in your death? that you haven't accomplished what you wanted to, that you haven't been able to change something in the moment, that you haven't been able to do those things. This Jesus, this human Jesus, who experienced everything that you are experiencing now. At the same time, we know that this Jesus is also a member of the Trinity. This is the Jesus who sung everything that is into existence, who was before the beginning, who was there in the garden, who chose the colors of the spectrum, who understands beyond the limits of the universe and to the deepest molecular level. He understands it all. He created it all. He sustains it. It says in Scripture, by his will, he holds all things together. That the very atoms in our body are being held together by the will of God. By the person of Jesus. This also is the Jesus that we are following. And then we come to this scene. And I think this may be why this scene is so crucial in our understanding. Because the transfiguration is the hinge on which Jesus' gospel story goes. 
like like we see kind of this build up, this understanding, this revelation, and it gets to the to the transformation or the transfiguration, and then we start going into Jerusalem. So this is this is kind of a pinnacle, if you will. It is a mountaintop experience, literally, figuratively, theologically, spiritually. This is a mountaintop experience where Jesus and the Jesus is transfigured, and the disciples have the experience of seeing that. And that's where we see this human Jesus, this fully human Jesus, being prefigured, I've heard it say, which I, I find fascinating, being prefigured as combined with the reality of the cosmic Jesus, the creator Jesus, together into one. And so we get a glimpse of the future. This flash of the true fullness of nature of Jesus revealed. The divine and the human together with him. The Orthodox Church is fond, their kind of their motto in a way is that God became like us so we could become like God. They believe strongly a strong part of Orthodox theology is called theosis, which is the idea that we were meant, we were created in the image of God, and that our ultimate telos, our ultimate, the, the way we're supposed to end up, is to be not gods, not co-equal with gods, but like God in a sense. Sons of God fully inhabiting the image as children of God with God. So here's the, here's the other fascinating thing that we see is that it's not just Jesus who's prefigured. Y'all, it's us. We are prefigured. We are shown what it is like to be in the presence of God fully and unencumbered. We are shown our destiny in the transfiguration of Jesus. In a way, God God explains to us what we're where we're headed. God is God explaining to us what reality, ultimate reality, looks like. God is God explaining to us what it what who Jesus is. Right? Listen to my son. Here is my son. He is God explaining to us these things in the person of Jesus. That's the Jesus that we follow. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. I really want to read this last part because it was really good. I wrote it down. Let's see if I can get it up here before this dies. Um, Jonathan Bailey said this, the author, he said, if we believe that God became one of us as a mere response to our sinfulness, then we obscure the original plan of creation. The incarnation is not a divine intervention. Is not a divine intervention. We are not problems for God. We are prototypes. We are not challenges. We are God's children. And while we know, and while knowing things about Jesus is essential, it is, it always has to be done in conjunction with the experiential knowing of Jesus himself. This transfiguration, which I've talked about, is the turning point of the gospel story. 
It is here that Jesus outshines the law and the prophets. Here we learn that Jesus Christ is what God has to say, and that transforms, transcends, and transfigures everything. At Grace, all of our relationships are founded in our understanding of who Jesus is and what Jesus is about. None of us is more or less worthy of being loved by Jesus. Thus, we practice inclusive hospitality. This practice helps conform us more and more to what Jesus is like. And we do this as an expression of what we say we believe, as well to help us believe that more. And that's why we take these elements every Sunday. I could, you could forget the sermon, sing the songs and go home, but remember the table. This offering of radical inclusion, hospitality. Being served by the Lord of the universe, the transfigured now, now fully transfigured, fully transformed, fully metamorphosed Jesus serves us. He says, come to my table, sit down and eat. None of the humility is lost. Jesus didn't ascend to heaven and then all of a sudden say, now I've got mine, y'all get yours. No, he says, everything I have is yours. And that starts at this table. Thank you for listening to Grace Church of Northwest Arkansas podcast. You can find more about us online at gracechurchmwa.org. Grace and peace.